Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Boy, howdy, what an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> there's, there's so much uh, information and uh, opportunities for discovery. Um, the, I, I think we're on the, the front end of a wave, a tsunami perhaps, of transformation of our understanding of consciousness and perhaps more specifically the human consciousness, the human persona, the human genome. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about tonight's show. The topic is tuning in to the song of your soul, the power of humming, and our guest tonight is Dr. Todd. We've had him on the show um, before, and it's always been a, a very insightful conversation. You know, the uh, I think we're going to probably enter a new realm of um, mythology, if you will. The If you look at the past, the notion of a hero, the notion of a sage, the notion of a mystic, I mean, we have some very powerful stories in our in the history of our human dynamics, um, Jesus, Buddha, etc. And, and of, of course, Jesus said, "Well, y'all are going to be doing what I'm going to, what I've been doing, and more." So, I mean, that that sets the bar pretty high. I think we almost need a new metric for measurement. Uh, uh, oftentimes, we can go through the socially or or culturally established academics for um, to educate ourselves with an understanding of what's going on, but with um, with the history of humanity, there's these these pinnacle personas that kind of turn turns everything on its head. In other words, I don't see a lot of people walking around doing the Jesus stuff, um, raising the dead, performing miracles, and not what and whatnot. It it just doesn't seem to be uh, catching on. But I, what I do see is many many people that are um, really captivated by some of the new understanding, for example, uh, quantum physics and uh, epigenetics and whatnot. And our guest tonight, Dr. Todd, is is right in front of that research, and, and I'm, that's part of why I'm so delighted to have him on the show. Dr. Todd was inspired to move to California to understand energy medicine and shortly after the journey, had a vision of communicating with the pure consciousness of DNA. Okay, stop, stop right there. A vision of communicating with the pure consciousness of DNA. I, I'm anxious to hear about that. This has resulted in co-inventing a laser-based interdimensional platform which has numerous U.S. and international patents granted in the areas of nutri- 
electricals, agricultural, in, including cannabis and especially stem, stem cell biology. He also pursues and provides training in the area of psycho-emotional medicine. Well, there's another uh, fascinating topic. Getting at the root of any condition, physical or psychiatric, that can offer lasting relief. You're not really healed unless it's a lasting, it's a permanent result. These, discover, these discoveries have the potential to be part of what may revolutionize and personalize the practice of medicine. Dr. Todd is also the composer and at times co-conductor of the Lemurian choirs that creates patterns of tones and information that can accelerate expansion of consciousness, the fast track, so to speak. You can learn more about this at penealtones.com. Join me in welcoming Dr. Todd back on the show. Dr. Todd, it's so nice to have you back on the show. Well, it is my great pleasure and honor to be with you this evening. And we had our little pre-interview chat, and I'm really excited to see the terrain that we can go over and share tonight. I'm looking forward to it, too. Now, in the introduction, it talked about a vision of communicating with the pure consciousness of DNA. I suspect a lot of us don't think of DNA as has, having consciousness. It's like a, a genome sequence, like a, a, a program or a database. But when you talk about the consciousness of DNA, can you share with us uh, what that experience was like? It was really interesting. It was in the context of training to be a medical intuitive with a woman I had the serendipitous opportunity to meet at a training I did in California that was about using sound and sound pattern both for accelerated learning as well as to enhance the immune system, which is very related to my research interest. And this particular experience was doing a kundalini meditation where the first part was to bring the so-called serpent fire energy up the spine to the crown, which already is profound. And we did something that isn't often described with kundalini, which is to then run different colors, literally doing the rainbow, starting at red and going up through the colors. And the setup for this was we did it with a partner. And it's very exceptional that one does a meditation as someone there to transcribe your description of the experience. And with that setup, when I got to the violet, I had an experience like Jodie Foster in the movie Contact, where you recall she was in this device that was moving on all three right dimensional axes at the same time. And she went through right. a kind of wormhole-like experience that came out into a different realm. So that was very much what happened at that highest frequency of the rainbow and the violet. And when I got to this dimension, there was a portal, a little doorway, and 
on either side of the doorway, there were these eight-foot Alibaba-like dudes with curved swords, and they basically gave an admonition, which is that the information in this domain is very sacred, and you're invited or welcome to go through the doorway, but realize that there's a great responsibility that comes with it, and others have not respected the information, and they were destroyed, and they literally showed uh, decapitations and flying heads. So the me- message and point was very clearly made. When I went through with all due reverence and a caution, what I experienced was as though you had taken the DNA in the nucleus of a cell and enlarged it so much that it would fill an entire room. And the communication began, which is kind of uh, interesting, the um, work in, in, some, in some arenas. I remember a discussion about uh, a uh, healer who uh, sort of went through the dimensions in his own way, and he communicated with a, a giant eye, and he, and he joked, well, the eye was talking to me, it didn't have a mouth, so how, how does that happen? Uh, similarly, uh, that was Dr. Eric Pearl, which I thought was hilarious, and he did it in a very um, engaging and humorous way. And similarly, I got a direct communication, so it was a sort of uh, interdimensional telepathy. And as a DNA scientist, which is something that through my own uh, life course or I guess soul history, I was studying that from the time I was 13 very actively and avidly. In fact, everything I've done since the eighth grade has been about understanding DNA. And even going into medical training wasn't as much about being drawn to medicine as it was keeping all the doors open for being able to study DNA in various ways. So I was already dialed in in a sense. And the communication was very interesting, which was that the understanding of science about DNA is correct but incomplete. DNA is indeed an encyclopedic library of the information required to build all of the proteins and vital structures required for life. And that is the scientific understanding of DNA as the code of life. And as you're saying, it's a mechanistic understanding that scientists hold and how it is generally understood. And it said it goes beyond that, however. And one thing that is not as well known, unless you go deeper into DNA biology, is that DNA is more than just the double helix structurally. And that DNA, in order to fit six feet of length into a nucleus that is one micron wide, which is basically one thousandth of a millimeter, the DNA has to do something called supercoil. So there's literally coils within coils within coils up to seven levels of supercoiling. And the statement was that, in addition, DNA is this supercoiled structure that is in an electronic environment. There are moving charges. And when you have coils, and particularly supercoils with moving charges, 
you then create electromagnetic frequencies and fields. And the core statement, the profound statement, is that if we understood the way that DNA creates electromagnetic frequency and information, we would then know how to instruct, and that was the key word, instruct, a sick cell to become healthy or an old cell to become young again. And everything that I've done since then, including the work with the pineal tones, which are creating sounds and sound patterns that are not only audible, but as we discussed before the show, uh, create frequencies that are lower and higher than the human frequency band of hearing, which is 20 to 20,000 cycles per second. And that once you really get into this, this field, that it is playing frequencies in a certain way, that the idea is you can literally entrain DNA to function in an enhanced way. So you're probably aware of the work of Royal Rife, who was able to use frequencies to selectively uh, eliminate pathogens in this so-called crystal wine glass metaphor that if you hit the right frequency, you can cause a crystal wine glass to shatter. So he was literally with his microscope that had the unique ability to see even viruses without killing them, as, as happens if you do electron microscopy, you can see things at very high magnifications, but the process of preparing the specimen rendered it no longer alive, that he was able to you create a whole methodology of healing based on that, which I didn't really begin to learn about or study until I had this meditative experience. So the basic idea is that DNA is not just an information molecule, but DNA is also vibrating and sending electromagnetic signals. So the basic communication further was that the way that DNA organizes its very complex functions to start it with a single cell and create fully differentiated organisms and to evolve and maintain that system is that there's continual electromagnetic communication between all of the DNA in the body. And that the communication, unlike things that happen by way of chemical signals, is happening instantaneously and continuously. And it goes further than that in that, in a sense, all the DNA of the planet, human and otherwise, at some level is constantly communicating all the time to all the other DNA. Nice. Well, first of all, I want to compliment you on your ability to make sentences. This assures me that you haven't been decapitated from violating the (laughs) trust of the keepers. So I salute you for that. And may I point out that um, if those if those deities were protecting that information and they allowed you to pass that um, your life path is is squarely centered in um, understanding a deeper aspect of of DNA. So you know, as you were describing this, you're talking about elect an electromechanical. Um, information flowing through the DNA. 
if I take a memory chip of a laptop or whatever and I put it in a scanning electron microscope, I'm going to see a bunch of uh, transistors that create storage cells. And I can stare at those all day long, and I won't understand if you're surfing the Internet or designing a spacecraft with the computer that I'm observing. When I look at the memory module inside the computer, I'm seeing the, the physical structure of the memory, but... The, the grace, the information, the power of the memory is the data that's flowing into and out of it. So, you know, if the, the, the CRISPR mechanism is, is a modality for editing or splicing the DNA strand, and when we talk about taking the, the, um, the sequencing of a DNA strand and we're cutting and pasting, so to speak, we're, we're changing the physical attribute of the DNA strand, but when you talk about the electromagnetic energy that is flowing through the DNA like a conductor, where's the information from that electromechanical um, energy coming from? I don't quite understand the question. Well, you were talking about um, uh, the DNA strand, and but you said there's an electromagnetic um, conduit of, of information in the DNA that is is not perhaps maybe I'm reaching here, but it's not related per se to the sequencing, but the electromagnetic energy um, is a component of the DNA that isn't necessarily perceived through a a microscope. I'm wondering um, what is the source of that electromagnetic energy. My initial understanding was that there are moving charges around DNA. So almost all of the relevant chemistry inside a cell, whether it's nuclear or otherwise, has charged molecules or, or charged um, atoms, ions, and as they circulate, they create electromagnetic fields and energy and um, so-called uh, fluxes of electromagnetic vectors. Anytime a charge moves, as you know, it creates a magnetic field around it based on the so-called, you know, right-hand rule. And that's what I understood at first. And as the research on DNA evolved, what's especially interesting is that based on what DNA is made of, which is basically carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, that kind of composition would be typically what you would expect of material that would be a resistor or would block the flow of current. However, when it was studied, if you put a potential at one end of DNA, you actually create conduction of current and it was ascribed not 
just as ordinary conduction, but literally the quote-unquote ballistic conduction of electrons. So that DNA is fundamentally perhaps the first primordial room temperature superconductor. So, so DNA itself fundamentally is like wires. So I'm not entirely clear what the mechanism is of powering that within a cell, but once you get a movement of charge in DNA, it superconducts. So you have superconducting coils that are then having charges flowing uh, not just through simple coils, but through supercoils. And that is going to create an electromagnetic fluctuation. So we have a mechanism whereby DNA is an information molecule as is well studied. And at another level, it's also a superconductor of charge. In addition, it's been shown that DNA can absorb and emit light. So it is much more than just a type of inert electro, uh, informational uh, system that has a, a code for how the sequence of bases in DNA is translated into an amino acid sequence and thence into uh, various peptide and protein structures. In addition, there is a subtler subtext of information that's constantly being produced uh, as a type of transmitter. And I'm sure you know, given your sophistication with understanding um, electromagnetics uh, and such technology that any transmitter can also, in the right circumstances, be a receiver. So the coils are constantly sending and receiving information, and in all likelihood, that is what gets modulated, for example, by the so-called pulse DMF technologies. And there are a number of these that have been developed that have been shown to have a number of physiologic benefits, like the Beamer technology, for example, that's been shown to create significant improvements of microcirculation. And you can imagine that as you create an externally applied field to supercoils that can respond to electromagnetic fluctuations, that you're going to further you know, modulate the way the information is, is carried uh, transmitted and received in that kind of a system. Right. Well, I I like that, but um, I think we should. Uh, I, I love this conversation, but um, I'm thinking of taking a step back now and looking at. I mean, in the introduction, uh, we were talking about the Lemurian choirs that creates patterns of tones and information that can accelerate expansion of consciousness. When when we take our human consciousness and we create sounds either through um, humming or through these uh, these Lemurian choirs and, and we're infusing these tones that we're creating with our human persona with intention, how how have you seen that as far as uh, a method of expanding consciousness? 
it's a very interesting discussion. And you probably know that one of the persons that you could call an intuitive, the the phrasing used as a channel, which uh, may have uh, different levels of receptivity and understanding, I work with a a best-selling author named Lee Carroll, who provides information through a being of interdimensional characteristics and knowledge called cryon. And yeah, we've had, we've had Lee on the show. Oh, very good. Yeah, Lee's great. And yes. there was an event in Boulder, Colorado, shortly after one of our choir events. And the discussion was raised of the kinds of frequencies that we create. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about with, with pineal tones and the choirs, the concept is that in ancient times, one of the ways that the community uh, connected and created an environment of healing, regeneration, and attunement of, you could call it, the ability to enhance the perceptual set to become aware at a higher level that large groups of people, uh, according to Quran, the last time one of these ancient choirs happened was 26,000 years ago, that there were 400 singers in each group and the characteristic was it wasn't just singing one set of tones, was that two large groups would each sing different tones, often different syllables, and usually different frequencies. And that then created a set of very high-frequency harmonics. And so I was asked, Would those even be higher than 50,000 cycles per second? And intuitively, I believe the answer was yes. And after that, we actually looked at it physically on an oscilloscope, and we found that there were many harmonics that we could see in terms of there literally being energy at much higher frequencies, and those did go well above 50,000 cycles per second. And the idea was when we get to those higher subtle frequencies, that it can activate patterns in DNA that are otherwise dormant. Uh, Deep-seated remembrances, um, releasing traumas personally and genealogically, and opening pathways of perception. And the first time we did the choir, we were also told that part of this process, and one of the reasons why we call them pineal tones, is that these vibrational patterns are really designed to create vibrations within the pineal gland itself. And the pineal, for those of you that hadn't studied this area, you you probably have yourself, that as a gland, the pineal gland is roughly in the center of the head, and its biological purpose is as a receptor and 
integrator of patterns of light and darkness. Fundamentally, at the most basic level, the pineal gland connects with the optic tract and is measuring the hours of daylight versus nighttime. And the pineal gland is the source of melatonin, which is probably well-known as that which is related to getting deep, restful, regenerative sleep. So at the basic level, the pineal gland is about literally modulating the, the daily rhythms of activity, especially of the hormone cycles. So many of the major hormones in the body, like the adrenal hormones, cortisol, have very wide swings in their level on a daily basis. And the pineal gland is interrelated to that rhythm and other rhythms of patterns of chemistry and organ activity in the body. And at the subtler level, it was described that the pineal glands of the choristers were connecting in a way that the whole system was creating a type of unified group field transmitter that was sending interdimensional patterns instantaneously across the cosmos and that beings of a level of awareness, whoever they might be in the cosmos, this galaxy and beyond, would have the ability to perceive such a signal. So in a sense, we were creating and transmitting for the first time in millennia a type of pattern that could be heard uh, literally those that had the the apparatus to hear. And at the very end of the performance, we were instructed to reverse the polarity to create a receiver as opposed to a transmitter. And as the person who was the composer and the organizer with my team of this event, I thought I would have so much attention on just the event itself that it wouldn't be that much that happened when reverse the polarity. But for me personally, I was experiencing what I would describe as communication and downloads of information from many civilizations. So what can be activated when a large group of people gathers with intention and creates these ancient tonal patterns with a focused intention and a coherence of alignment of the whole process that there was an elevation of our ability to perceive and to communicate not just with each other, but even what I would describe, you know, other civilizations with the capacity for this higher level type of communication. Right. Well, um, I know uh, Crayon and and other uh, sources are talking about the transformation of of human consciousness on Earth, and it's, um, I mean, Western medicine talks about a, a large percentage of the DNA as being dormant and and yet if you know it's it's kind of the, the classic caterpillar butterfly where 
the sense I get is our our DNA has, has performed its function, so to speak, over thousands of years with relatively little change in consciousness on a collective level, and then uh, the pressure cooker, if you will, of of the metamorphosis of the new age, the new human, the new dynamic is is activating um, some of those dormant sequences. And you had mentioned that, that when those that dormant DNA kicks on, it it opens pathways of perception. And then you just share how the choir has this multi-dimensional broadcast, and then you turn around and and switch to receiver mode, and you get a, a energetic portal to to the multitude of of uh, conscious communities, so to speak, across space and time. Do, do you see the um, the human persona, the human DNA, the human genome on Earth? Um, going through this transformation as um, like a, a vehicle of metamorphosis for our DNA, and we're going to activate a whole new realm of of what was previously dormant DNA, and as as a result of that, we're going to have a completely new human experience. That's my sense of it, and. One of the or one of the the beliefs is that there's a type of critical mass that at a certain level of collective consciousness, the whole system can transform and function at a significantly higher level that we can live longer lives, be healthier, certain disturbed conditions of the body will simply uh, not happen anymore, and I think it's both personal and collective. I believe there are usually pioneers or you know, beings that are leading the curve, as it were, or, or way showers that they may go into these higher states first and have access to information that isn't ordinarily available at, at one level of awareness. So I, I don't believe that it's going to be, in a sense, instant enlightenment for everyone, I believe there will be sort of a whole curve going in that direction, and that over time, that the whole curve will shift, so that there will be more and more people at higher and higher levels of enlightenment, and I think that will bring up everything. So whatever the timeline will be, and I think this really is the critical time this this moment in history that we are going to have the greatest acceleration of that movement to a transformation of the whole system. And I think while we don't really want to go, do a segue into the whole set of phenomena around COVID-19, but I do think in a way that there's going to be a, a galvanization in a way that the pandemic has created an experience that looks like, if anything, 
We're going backwards, not forwards. Yet, I believe that it's creating a type of alignment of human awareness that there's so much attention on that issue that it's going to create, in a way, an even greater receptivity to finding solutions that we haven't found before. And among the solutions, it it really gets back to that very basic Einsteinian statement, which is that you can't solve a problem using the same level of thinking in the context of which the problem was created. I think think his, his more precise quote was, the definition of insanity is approaching a problem the same way and expecting to get a different result. A lot of people that might say that 2020 was a, a certain level of insanity. Well, now, so we're talking about um, the DNA, the activation, the expansion of consciousness, and we're looking at the, the, the mechanism, perhaps, of that. Now, if we take a step back, so to speak, and... As I look at the title of the show that you chose, Tuning In to the Song of Our Soul, when let, let's take it to the human, to the individual persona. So if, if through this tonal activation, through this tonal expansion of my consciousness, um, so often when we think of ourselves, we think of this, um, we might have the notion of this ego persona, and yet our soul tends to be a, a very much a multidimensional aspect of ourselves. When you when you come up with the notion of tuning in to the song of your soul, what does that look like uh, from a, a personal human experience? Well, since for getting esoteric (laughs) I'll share some other client information that was only presented once at an event that I hosted in San Diego that had a focus on life extension and this gets into some deep layers of physics and biology and metaphysics, which was the description that humanity as a whole functions in a four-dimensional way. And there is a cryon book, which is really focused on DNA, and I wrote the forward of that for Lee, and in that book, he describes that DNA is multidimensional and described that it is not a four-dimensional system, but a 12-dimensional system. And that, of course, parallels so-called superstring theory in physics, which says that while we're trained to 
experience and think in 4D that one of the solutions of superstrings theory is minimally a 12-dimensional model. So by metaphor, you could say that Crian was talking about a 12-dimensional reality and construct in which DNA resides. And what he said was that there is an eight-dimensional filter that blocks eight of the 12 strands. And that unless that filter is removed, that is going to heavily constrain the human experience and the human potential. And this whole idea, for example, that we only use, say, 10% of our brain, that might really more be saying that there are these regulators that restrict going beyond a certain level if you don't take the restrictor off. Kind of like having a vehicle where you have a speed regulator that won't let that vehicle go above a certain number of miles per hour. And it was, in fact, that description that was the inspiration for creating the pineal tones in the first place. And I recall it was on a Saturday, shortly after hearing that information. And actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give the parable or the metaphor that went along with the information which was that someone wakes up one morning and there's this massive block of granite in their front lawn. And this block of granite is so massive that there was no crane or device big enough to remove it. So he was really perplexed because he couldn't get into his front yard and then he got an inspiration, which was to hire a sculptor. And the sculptor then created the most beautiful work of art the world had ever seen. And the interpretation was that our DNA is like that. Within our DNA is all the information that we need for complete and total mastery and transcendence. And we don't need to add anything to it we simply need to remove that so it is blocking its full expression. And with that information, I did a meditation and with what I would call the inner vision, actually looked to see what that filter structure was like. And when I saw it, which looked like basically a toroidal structure, which physical DNA under certain circumstances We'll create a toroid, which is basically a form that looks somewhat like a donut with a little hole in the middle. And that's actually the topography where you have the shortest distance between any two points in one of the most efficient, maybe the most efficient architecture for a supercomputer. And when I saw the structure... I then spontaneously began to create tones with the voice, humming as it were. And I created vocal patterns, sonic vibrational patterns, until I started to see rippling 
in the structure of this uh, filter. And I don't know if you've seen the video that showed us the Verrazano Straits Bridge where winds were gusting in resonance with the natural frequency of the bridge. And right. so little waves become big waves, become bigger waves in the bridge until the bridge just collapsed. And so I saw the little waves get bigger and bigger until finally there was what I would call a type of ignition point or critical energy point where the substance of the filter then transmuted into energy to activate the dormant strands. And the sense, almost like you were talking about there being um, processors, resistors, and chips, it was like that energy was activating the strands and literally awakening little microprocessors within DNA itself. And then that, over time, gave rise intuitively to the second level of tones and third and fourth. And if you like, uh, I'll, I'll share now the first pattern. Yeah. And what was particularly profound was that it came with an affirmation. And it came in all three persons, and it was a highlight is really important. And the affirmation was, in the first person, I, as a being, am eternally pure and perfect. And anything that appears to be other than perfection is merely the illusion of this experiment of our experience. So this whole process began with what you could call the remembrance of our divine eternal perfection. So... For the sake of your listening, just to get more than just an intellectual concept, because we've, we've probably taken this to a much higher level technically than I'd anticipated for the general listener. So this is, this is visceral to be experienced. And so those of you listening, you can simply relax, close your eyes, if you're not driving, of course, and tune in and see how this feels. See, even what at this first level may start to awaken in your experience. So the first level goes like this.
So that's level one, where it all begins. So, I mean, effectively, uh, an analogy that might be similar is when they use ultrasonic waves to break up kidney stones. The the tones that you're talking about there, the the frequency, how low they are, is a requirement of what they're breaking up in our psyche. And so the it it's not a mental understanding. It's a it's a uh, spectral requirement, so to speak, of of the frequency that is needed to break up that big granite stone in our front yard, so to speak. Right, and there are different layers and levels to the granite stone, which requires different frequency patterns to go through the whole filter. Correct. So what uh, we've got about ten minutes left. Let's let's talk about um, uh, your website and and the the um, tonal products you have and the the choir and kind of shift it to how the listener can engage your product and understand the. Lemurian choir events. Right. So I received one pattern after another after another till I got to 16 levels. And at that point, at an event in 2010, I got an assignment from Cryon. And I had gotten an assignment before. This was in a public event. And he said, I have an assignment for you. I'll tell you what it is and where it is and when it is. And you don't have to do it, but I know you will. <laughs> and, and the instruction was 16 levels are great, but there's actually 24. And they're not done one at a time as you've been doing them. And he took us back to an event 26,000 years before where there were 800 choristers gathered, uh, 400 in each group. And they were singing the tones in pairs. So I had to remember the eight that I hadn't gotten yet and how to pair them and what sequence was required to sing the pairs and to create the desired communication effect. And also for your understanding, what was described is that the tones are like there being a symphony being played in the room next door and all you hear is the buzz of the snare drum. And the buzz of the snare drum carries the communication of the entire symphony. Similarly, the audible part of the tones is just the smallest part. And it is that part that isn't heard, that super and subharmonic part, that then carries information described as wrapping around the interdimensional DNA to awaken the dormant part. So the first Lemurian choir was done on the date of the end of the Mayan calendar, December 21, 2012. And since then, we had the instruction to go to various power points of the planet to activate a system which was fully activated at the last event we did in the sacred Rila Mountains of Bulgaria, the so-called Wisdom Choir. And let me just share a little bit about that and a free offer, an invitation to the listeners. My assignment 
for the wisdom choir was to remember what was called the victory song. And the victory song is what a civilization sings when it goes from duality consciousness to unity consciousness. And the importance of singing the victory song, even listening to it, is that it literally is anchoring the future reality closer to the present. So by singing the patterns of the victory song, literally it's like creating the moment of a future where we have an enlightened world in unity consciousness as opposed to a divided world in duality consciousness. And that went uh, incredibly successfully. It may have been the most profound of all the events and most coherent of every event that we've done thus far, as profound as they've all been in their own way. And my assignment for this next choir called the Aloha Choir, which has the date of 11-11-22, is to create not a two-part type of pattern, but to create a four-part pattern. And it's interesting because in September of 2000, geez, my goodness, I guess that was, 2019 and I received the pattern actually during the event itself and already shared it so I completed my first assignment in a sense the first time I was I shared the pattern then Cry gave the assignment and he basically said uh, you know I had uh, anticipated his his instruction or, well, he, he sort of said, I'm trying to make him obsolete because I've already done the assignment. And the name of this piece is the celebration of victory, very interestingly, because the abbreviation of that is CLV, which was given uh, months before the actual CLV uh, coronavirus issue broke out. The function of this four-part piece, if the two parts is communicating with the cosmos, what was said is that the two-part singing is basically telling the cosmos in baby talk you know, that we've made it, that we survived, we made it this far, and we're ready to go further. The four-part piece, which will be the finale piece for this next choir, the so-called Aloha Choir, the final choir, is that it's going to take us from baby talk with the cosmos to adult talk with the cosmos we can then open the channels to receive the higher dimensional information of how to become an enlightened civilization. So while the previous choirs were a type of repetition of an ancient and powerful process from the past, this will be the first time in history that such a four-part process will have been done this way. And it's called the final choir because it's going to be the last choir of this type so the phrase aloha uh, is both hello and goodbye. Goodbye to the old patterns and hello to the new process. And it's also very interesting because it's going to be done on the island of Maui where the first choir was done and it said that that was where the ancient one was done for the last time as well. Now, for those 
of you who would like to start accelerating our movement towards unity consciousness, you can receive a free download of that. And I'll, I'll give you the, the specific uh, address for that, which is pinealtones.com, P-I-N-E-A-L-T-O-N-E-S.com, slash events, slash victory. And that'll take you to a free download of the song, uh, as well as the syllables to sing it. And it really is quite profound, and I would recommend uh, not just listening to it, but singing along to use one's own vocal apparatus to hum along and literally entrain it with your own personal vibration and signature. In addition, I'm creating a new generation of training tapes that will be teaching the individual patterns one by one And then after I share a pair, as it were, I'm also going to provide for the first time with the training tape recordings, video recordings from previous choirs that actually give the experience of what it's like when a large group of people is singing the patterns in pairs. Very nice. Well, it it sounds like we're we're moving our consciousness into an arena where we plug into the cosmos, if you will, perhaps the the internet of the galaxy instead of just our um, communication here on Earth. The, the sense I get is, is part of this next awakening is we're telling the universe not only are we ready for the next level of consciousness, but we're also being welcomed into uh, perhaps more of a galactic consciousness. And and as our DNA gets activated, the the pathways of perception will open up for us to communicate with our our neighbors in the cosmos. It sounds like right. And there was. Another element which gets very esoteric and I think very provocative and interesting, which is that this next choir, the so-called 11-11-22 Aloha Choir, going from the two parts to the four parts, Quayan also has shared that it will awaken a previously dormant, invisible, interdimensional 24th chromosome pair. And that is where the magic can be. Oh, my. Well, uh, time can fly by pretty fast. Is there any (laughs) other components? (laughs) Is there anything else uh, about your platform and opportunities that you want to share with our listeners? One other piece that is also very interesting that I haven't as yet shared is that every time we have done a choir at a point on the earth, which Quine describes as a node, a place of amplification of the crystalline good of the earth, there is a corresponding node, like a battery, literally, like a a polarity, when the node is an area where the 
crystalline grid is especially weakened or non-existent, and that the other attribute of the next choir is that it will uh, integrate this system of 12 pairs of nodes and nulls on the planet, which will also be an engine of accelerated planetary clearing, where the cumulative negativity of human civilization over the millennia will gather in the nodes and literally be drawn, sorry, gather in the nulls and be drawn to the nodes, which are in a sense like mini suns that will burn off and transmute the negativity. Wow. Wow. Excellent. We're clean up aisle five. We finally have a solution. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, um, I want to thank you for being our guest again. I I love the uh, material that we're talking about here. It's it's quite obvious that humanity's going through an awakening, and and you really bring the uh, uh, not only the tools but the understanding of of that mechanism transforming ourselves. So I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Great pleasure, Les, as always. Thank you so much for inviting me on and to share the latest. We've been talking with Dr. Todd, and the topic tonight has been tuning into the song of your soul, the power of humming. It's uh, what a fantastic time to be alive. I mean, just look at the the narrative of the past thousand years of human struggle and and now we're talking about activating new new aspects of our dna expanding our consciousness burning off the karma of the past i mean this time has been proselyted to be a thousand years of peace or the golden age and here we are living it we're actually living it how cool is that Your soul had the wherewithal to make sure you were here in flesh and bone. So kudos to you, the listener. It's, uh, we've been doing these interviews now for well over a decade, and and I'm always fascinated by new perspectives of our, our human consciousness, our human narrative, our human genome. And as always, Dr. Todd has brought, brought us even a deeper perception of just who we are and where we're going. I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up today for yourself and for the collective. It's my pleasure, it's my passion to bring you episodes like this to help you understand just how dynamic and powerful you are as a human persona. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.